I'm just going to record one right now and then I can edit it in. Okay. Later. Go ahead. Uh, hey, everybody. It's uh, Chris Shibble Anderson here. <laughs> we just wanted to give you a heads up. This episode uh, does feature talk of uh, child sexual abuse. Uh, not. Just because we're talking about the Catholic Church and they do sort of go hand in glove, unfortunately. So if that bums you out, it's cool to skip this one. I get it. Ethan, do you get it? Or write a letter to the church. I mean, like, it's not our fault. It's not. No, I'm not saying it's our fault that the Catholic Church has a sexual abuse uh, crisis. Uh, I am saying if you don't want to listen to us uh, goof around about it, I get it. Tune into another episode. We're sorry. Welcome to Uncle Monster's Spooky Time Fright Hour, your source for the straight poop on all things supernatural. We are your hosts. My name is Chris Anderson, but if you went to high school with me, you can call me Shibby. And I'm Ethan Sareski, and it would be extremely painful for you. It would be extremely painful for you. Yeah. Now, uh, how are you doing this week, Ethan? Everything going all right? Everything is going very well. I'll tell you that. I'm I'm very excited for this episode because you told me the uh, the title, yeah, uh, Bishop of the Sea, and that is just an excellent title. It just it's evocative. You know, I'm excited. I'm yeah. I'm it, up. It, yes, a Bishop of the Sea from the Baltic. But before we even get into the subject of the show. Before we even get to the premise of the show, we've got some late-breaking news. That's right, it's time for A Cryptid Affair! (laughs) This one comes to us from the New York Post. (laughs) Woo! A ghost spooked my dog, and the whole (laughs) thing was caught on pet cam. (laughs) A couple from England... We're left wondering if their dream home is haunted after a ghost spooked a visiting dog during the early hours of a recent morning. And the whole otherworldly episode was caught on camera. Victoria Hepworth. Well, there's an English name. I was about to say, Uh, you didn't even have to say they were from England. You could have just said Victoria Hepworth. Yeah, you would have guessed. Victoria Hepworth, 35, was dog-sitting Kiwi. Her sister's one-year-old black Labrador last week. Oh. When she decided to set up a motion sensor security camera in the living room just to make sure their four-legged house guest was okay during the night. But what she and her fiancé, Joe Shard, 29, six years younger than Victoria. Good for younger you, Younger man, yeah, I noticed. Yeah. 
uh, saw the next morning shocked the pooch sitting pair. <laughs> the camera had captured Kiwi leaping around the room in an attempt to get away from a tall, floating, ghost-like figure dressed in white. Of course it was ghost-like. It was a ghost. It was really weird, <laughs> Hepworth said. Uh, Hepworth told Kennedy News and Media. I wouldn't say either of us particularly believes in ghosts, but it looks like it's floating or hovering. <laughs> It felt very odd because it made us think, what has been there? She continued. We were a bit unsettled. Was there soot on their faces? Uh, because they were uh, chimney sweeps? Yes. Uh, no, I, th there's a picture of the happy couple here. They appear to be both free from soot and grime. Oh, okay. Uh, Hepworth's camera caught the dog leaping away from the weird figure as it floated above the doorframe. The specter appeared to have clearly defined head and shoulders, which cast a shadow on the wall. Kiwi didn't bark in the night, but thinking back, maybe we heard whimpering, Hepworth admitted. That's sad. She slept most of the night in her bed, but here she's obviously running away. <laughs> Stranger still, this wasn't the first time a family pet has been spooked by unexplained activity in the 135-year-old home. Last year, when they were moving into the space, their young nephew and his puppy had a strange reaction to something that the adults couldn't see. I wonder if it's the same dog. This dog that they have now is just a year old. The one a year ago probably would have been that puppy. That's my thing. It's, yeah, but they would, they would have mentioned that. I think this is a separate dog. I, uh, I think this is just sloppy reporting. Oh, okay. I remember on a day we moved in my nephew, who was two years old at the time, and their family puppy was sitting about halfway up the stairs and both of them burst into tears at the <laughs> exact same time, Hepworth claimed. The dog started whimpering and the baby started crying, she continued. They say kids and animals pick up on things. And I thought, oh, brilliant. We've got a haunted house. That was so, her reaction to a kid crying and a dog... <laughs> Oh, yeah, we've oh, got great. a haunted house. <laughs> There's only one reason why a child and a dog would be crying. Right. Uh, so it's a strange night with Kiwi. The two are trying to figure out exactly what the dog camera captured and decide to conduct some research on the history of their house. We know it was properly built in 1888, and we know who lived in it. So we're trying to see who could possibly have lived here that wouldn't be very happy. Springheel Jack. <laughs> Yeah, it's probably, it could very easily, this sounds like a Spring Hill Jack situation. See if it comes in the form of a gentleman and a bear as well as the bear. <laughs> uh, Hepworth explained that this experience was out of the blue for them <laughs> because they hadn't done any building work or anything that would cause a stir in the house. Is that what causes ghostly appearances, building work? Sometimes they don't like to see things change. Ghosts hate change. I hate change. They're like libertarians. Ha <laughs> ha! No we one else big government. <laughs> Things were better in the past when we were all just every man for himself. <laughs> um, no one else has a key either, she claimed. Yet despite all the creepiness, the 35-year-old admitted that she's not too scared, as she's always been a big fan of ghosts. <laughs> it's pretty cool more than anything else, she said. I've never had a bad experience. 
and I don't feel negatively towards the house at all. Hepworth even posted the story on Facebook, asking for suggestions from others about what to do. One user even wondered if the fearsome figure might not actually be a ghost, but a burglar. (laughs) Did she check and see if anything was missing, or is she just really excited still? Well, maybe the dog, if I was a burglar, dog would scare me off. I wouldn't want to get involved with that. That, Uh, Because the next thing you know, it's going to start barking, and then you're up shit's creek. Right, that's true. Unless Unless you play ghost. Yeah, unless you try to also convince the people that you're a ghost. Right. First of all, I would check your ring doorbell to see if this figure has been seen walking along the street or trying to get into all the houses, the user wrote. It's reflecting a shadow off the wall, which I didn't think ghosts or spirits do. So my guess is you were burgled. (laughs) Others, however, chalked it up to paranormal activity. Amazing pick and creepy all at the same time, one person typed. It looks like the figure is walking away, and since it's on a different plane of existence, it makes it appear very tall or floating. <laughs> maybe Shaq oh. isn't tall. Maybe he's just floating. Maybe he's just floating. Have you checked to see that his feet are actually on the ground? I've never looked. I'm always- yeah, I'm always looking at his beautiful grin. I, I who stops to take a look? <laughs> He's a ghost. So there you have it. That's the latest cryptid affair. <laughs> Ethan, why don't you tell the people? We're eight minutes into the show. Get the people up with the premise. I just think that'd be a great movie. Like a woman has a ghost in her house, but she's really excited, and she's like, "Oh, I'm into, oh, I'm into the supernatural." And then it turns out to be a demon, and it just tortures her. But the whole time, she's, like, super excited about it, and it just gets worse and worse. I think that'd be a great horror movie, no? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I somebody must have done something like that. Uh, you'd be there, surprised there must how be one uncreative out there. The, the people are. Um, I mean, we've seen five Insidiouses. I feel like the odds are good. That was at least part of one of them. <laughs> well, like all episodes of Uncle Monsters, Spooky Time, Fright Hour. That's the show. That is the show. Uh, one of us this week, uh, this week at Shibble, has done yep. extensive research on a ghost, ghoul, goblin, demon, something of that sort. And of course, this week, as we mentioned, it's the Bishop of the Sea from the Baltic what? Sea. Yes, little John, the Bishop of the Sea. That's right. And of it's- course, the other one of us, me, Ethan, has done absolutely nothing. I've done no work. I've done no research. I'm just here playing audience surrogate to find out more about this mysterious cryptid, the Bishop of the Sea from the Baltic Sea. Yeah, well, now that we've established you're a complete tabula rasa when That's it comes right. to the Bishop of the Sea, why don't you tell me, if, if you had to guess, mm-hmm. gun to your head. Oh, God. Five seconds or I'm going to kill you. Oh, God. Tell me exactly what the Bishop of the Sea is. No prevaricating. It's an English couple with a ghost. Don't shoot. Okay. The Bishop of the Sea is one of those like British rhyming slings. (laughs) No, I have have a few theories. Okay. Hit me with your first one. When I first heard this, I was like, Bishop of the Sea. I was like, isn't that the Pope? Uh, No. Like the Holy See. Like... It sounds well, like one of the litany of the, nicknames. He's the Bishop of Rome. No. Like, Babe, Babe Ruth was the Sultan of Swat, the Caliph okay. of Clout, the Great Bambino. 
the Pope might just be the Bishop of the Sea, you know, like the, the Caliph of Christ, you know, the, the hider of child fucking, you know. Um, I Fair wish, enough. I'm hoping that the cryptid you picked this week is the Pope. Please tell me it's the, it's the Pope. It is not Pope Francis I, nor any of his predecessors. Uh, he never rose above the rank of Bishop. I'll give you that. I'll give you that clue right now. Okay, I got, okay, so it's a Bishop and never rose above the, okay. Well, let me move on to my second theory. Okay, number two, the dose. This may be wrong, but I, I originally, when you when you texted me, I read it as by shop of the sea. That's just how I read it. I was high. So I was thinking no, it could enough. be an underwater storefront catering exclusively to bisexual marine life. It could be. I wonder what percentage of marine life is bisexual. A lot, I think. There's a lot of bisexuality and homosexuality in, in the animal kingdom. You know what I found out recently about gibbons? Oh, tell me. They are monogamous. Oh. They, they're one of the few non-humanoid uh, primates that is monogamous, apparently. Like dolphins. But uh, they will have affairs. <gasps> no, they cheat? They cheat. Like, one in 12 sexual activities will be with someone other than their dom- main partner. Do they get mad, the other gibbon? I bet they do. Oh, my God. Do gibbons? I'm Googling that after the show. Do gibbons get mad when their partners cheat? I want to see a YouTube of that. You want to see a given getting yelled at? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> who was she? God damn it, Cheryl, again? I hope you enjoyed again? yourself. <laughs> Were you giving it to her? <laughs> this is why I always say male and female gibbons can't be friends. <laughs> I've got a third theory, Ships. Number three, yeah. the river, the turn, the flop. I figured the Bishop of the Sea is a cryptid and a bishop and probably evil and living in the ocean. So I did a little bit of research, came up with an answer. The Bishop of the Sea is Cardinal Theodore McCarrick. Okay. Who was stripped of his clerical status in 2019 for sexually abusing 14 minors in New York and New Jersey. Uh, So where does a cardinal go when he's caught red-handed fucking kids? I posit he was shuffled around and demoted to bishop from cardinal and Mm -hmm. moved to the sea. Because squid are obviously less likely to complain about being fucked. It's true. They don't even speak English. Right. They um, don't. Not at all. Well, you know, I should have known there was going to be a lot of kid fucking in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to drop a trigger warning at the top. But hey, say la vie. <laughs> Listen, I'm just well, I'm not the one who's with... fucking kids. It's the bishops. I'm just going to record one right now and then I can edit it in. Okay. Later. Go ahead. Uh, you know what? I'll tone it down. Let's try and tone it down because we don't want to bum people out. We know that the Catholic Church has a lot of kid fucking, so let's tone it down. How about that? All right. So if you're still here, enjoy the episode. Yes. All right, Ethan, I got to tell you, those three guesses, they weren't bad. Thank you. They weren't bad, but... I do want to tell you specifically what the Bishop of the Sea is. And how are you going to communicate such information to me? Well, it's with our tried and true listener favorite segment. You wanted to hear it. We were going to take it away, but you (laughs) sent in all that, that huge petition. That's right. It's story time. It's story time. Story time. It's story time with Uncle Monster. Story time. Story time. Story time. It's story time with Uncle Monsters. Story, story time. time. 
Prom night is supposed to be a magical night for young gentlemen and young ladies. But instead, it turned into a shit night for young you, Bertie Cameron. <laughs> it was supposed to be magical. Tonight was going to be a night that you and your girlfriend would never forget. Well, Allie is a friend that's a girl, but she wasn't technically your girlfriend. Yet, <laughs> after her big fight with her original prom date, Rod Westlake, <laughs> you were there ready to pick up the pieces, just like you always were. You showed up in your faded yellow Volkswagen Beetle, wearing a plaid tuxedo that you had thrifted from the Salvation Army. You wouldn't be caught dead like those other boys wearing a rental tuxedo that fits them well, looks nice, and doesn't smell like a dead man's cigarettes. <laughs> you weren't one of the sheeple. Instead of a corsage, you made Allie a mixtape. She doesn't own a cassette player, so you play it on the drive over. Allie didn't say anything, but you can tell by the time it transitioned from In Your Eyes by Peter Gabriel to Crash Into Me by the Dave Matthews Band, she got the message. You pull up to the pier that the high school had rented out for the prom. You scurry around the beetle to open the door for Allie like a gentleman. She gets out and she just looks so beautiful. And you can tell she's just about to stop crying, so things are going great. With a jaunty, shall we make our grand entrance, milady? You reach up and slide your arm uh, around hers. She is six inches taller than you. And head into prom. But of course, Rod fucking Westlake was there with a dozen red roses sitting on the hood of his Mazda Miata wearing his normal tuxedo. Hey, he said. Hey, she said. He hands her the roses and takes her by the hand and they walk into prom together. Unfortunately, Allie had your tickets in her clutch. So Mr. Jorgensen wouldn't even let you in. Why does he have to be such a wiener? <laughs> so you sit outside, hoping that you can see Allie, and just tell her. You had this whole speech prepared that you were going to tell her tonight before you gave her your virginity. <laughs> but hopefully you can tell her here in the parking lot, and it will work out just as good. About an hour of waiting later, Rod fucking Westlake... <laughs> comes skipping down the steps towards his Miata. As he reached in to grab a hip flask from the glove compartment, you tapped him on the shoulder. Excuse me. Uh, excuse me, you said. Uh, yeah, he said, sneaking the flask into his pocket. Let me ask you just one question, Rod. Just one question. Do you love her? Huh? He said, playing dumb, except he wasn't playing because he was dumb. <laughs> Do you love her? Because if if you don't, then you gotta let her go. You pleaded. I'm sorry, I, I don't know who you are, <laughs> he said. And that's when you stabbed Rod Westlake in the neck with your Swiss Army knife. <laughs> 
Now you're running down the beach, away from the pier, covered in blood. You're pretty sure Rod was dead before he hit the ground, the way blood was spraying out of him. You don't think anyone saw you, but you're not sure. And there's a bunch of lights and sirens back at the pier. Allie probably hates you now. Why does nothing ever go right for you? You're going to be in so much trouble. You run past an outcropping of rocks, and you're out of sight from the pier and out of breath. You sit down in the sand, and you start to cry. And that's when you see it. Emerging from the black waters. It must have been ten feet tall. It has a body covered in gray-green scales, and a cone shape to the top of its head, and a thick white beard. Its stubby arms terminated in tentacle-like fingers. It came and sat next to you. <laughs> what troubles you, my son? It said. I did something real bad, you wail, too overcome to comprehend what is happening. Lighten your burden. <laughs> Confess your sins and all shall be forgiven. Through the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> I stabbed Rod Westlake in the throat. And do you hate your sin and long to be forgiven? I do! In nomine Patris et Filae et Spiritus Sanctus, you are forgiven. Say ten our fathers and ten Hail Marys and go. In peace. <laughs> With that, he gets up and walks back into the water. Strangely, you do feel a little better. Thanks to the benediction that you, Bertie Cameron, received from the Bishop of the Sea. Very good. Wow. Thank you. I, I love that story. Thank you. Yeah, I was happy with that one. That that I love it because it explains so much yet leaves so much to you know to find out you know it's still mysterious. Oh yeah, we've got uh, we've got a lot of info this week for you guys, and and, and a fascinating tale. He's a fascinating beast. Um, Birdie was the kid's name. Birdie Cameron. Birdie Cameron, and he and he just he waited for the girl, and and then he stabbed the guy in the neck and yeah. ran. Yeah, he ran. I didn't it was, didn't take him for a murderer. That was a surprising twist. Yeah, I got you. I, it's never the one you expect. It's always the quiet one. Yeah. I always thought you could be a murderer one day when we were young. People always say that about me. <laughs> no, you're in, a, in my you're old a rap gentle, group, I was voted most likely to be a, a serial, serial killer. killer. Yeah. No, you're too you're a gentle person. I could never yeah. picture you actually hurting someone. Yeah, it's always the ones yourself. that you least expect. Yeah. What? <laughs> So, uh... Wait, hold on. It's always the ones you least expect, little John. That's what he said. What? I said the ones you least expect. What? Least expect. What? Expect. What? The ones you least expect. 
So the Bishop of the Sea. Uh, he is an aquatic humanoid that was seen in the 16th century. It was coated in those greenish gray scales with a, a domed head, kind of like a bishop's miter, and a bearded face. What is a bishop's miter? Is that co- a it's cone? It's like, you know, that Pope hat? Oh, okay. Or like a witch's hat. Well, a witch's hat has a brim. This doesn't have a brim. Okay, non-brim. Okay, but they're similar. Gotcha. I mean, they're both they're both conical. I'll right. give you that. Or like a dunce cap. Oh, yeah. I like stubborn. to think of that as a dunce cap. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, it, let's see. It had uh, tentacle-like fingers, no toes. No toes. No toes. And a long flap of skin <laughs> that hung over its back like a cape. <laughs> uh, well, what is the function of the and skin And it was about cape? 10 feet tall. Uh, you know, to, uh, to look good, to look good. Aesthetics. Okay. I like it. Skin cape. Or maybe, well, here, and I'm going to send you, I'm going to drop in the chat right now, a link to the Wikipedia page where you can see, uh, the illustration of the Bishop of the Sea. Sweet. Let me take a picture. Uh, take a look. Excuse me. Look at him. He's, I If you want to describe that to the audience and keep in mind, it doesn't really show his scale very well. He's about 10 feet tall near as I can gather. He's tremendous. He's got, first of all, he's uh, covered in scales, uh, but not on his, uh, his legs look aquatic, but very muscular. He's very, he's 10 feet tall. His hat. He's got some great legs. Yeah. Very, very nice gams. His, his skin cape. And his chest and his conical dunce cap all are covered in scales. Uh, a human face. Yeah, he's got a and he's got a human face and little human hands, but with tentacle fingers. And he's got a, a you know an elderly man face with a white beard. Um, and that that's his appearance. And he's got a fin on the back of his leg. Oh, and his his body is not muscular; it's almost egg shaped. I don't know. It looks powerful. Egg-shaped and powerful, though. Yeah, like like an old-timey wrestler, like George the Animal Steel. Right, right. I Yeah. Kind of. Imagine yeah. George the Animal Steel, but with stubby arms, and he's 10 feet tall. Yeah, and with a lot of... There's a lot of... um, What are those? He's got that Bam Bam Bigelow build. Or like Bob Backlund. Yeah, that kind of guy. The guy that just looks powerful. Like the guy you wouldn't want to fuck ball. with in a bar. Right, exactly. So with that big picture of the Bishop of the Sea, it might be time for some facts. Do you have any facts for me this week? Yes, absolutely. Uh, yes. We have bishops and queens, chess with Layla. All right. Bishops and queens, chess with Layla. Number one, hear ye, hear ye, your monarch has passed. Oh, no. Yeah, are you sad? No, not Queen Elizabeth, the people's queen. <laughs> the word checkmate in chess comes from the Persian phrase shamat, which means hmm. the king is dead. Oh, okay. Isn't that cool? I thought yeah, that was makes interesting. Sense. Yeah, that is interesting. Number two, chess helped beat the Nazis. Nazis suck. Nazis do suck. They're the worst. Um, yeah, there's a lot terrible of political partery. I th- I don't think you know. I like to hear everybody out, but I don't think I'll ever vote for a Nazi candidate. Yeah, I'm I'm unsure that I would consider that. Um, during World War II, some of the top chess players were also code breakers. 
<clears throat> British masters Harry Gollumbeck, Stuart Milner Barry, and H.D. Alexander were on the team that cracked the Nazi Enigma code. Mm. Yeah, cool I've heard that? of that Enigma code. That's awesome, right? I feel like these are all facts that you would get off of a Jizza album. <laughs> Number three, not all naughty priests are a danger to altar boys. It's true. The folding chessboard was invented by a naughty priest who is forbidden to play chess. Mm. The priest found a way around it by making a folding chessboard. When folded together and put on a bookshelf, it simply looked like two books next to each other. What a crafty little guy. Naughty priest. Oh, you scam. Naughty. That's uh, And that's our first three, Bishops and Queens, Chess with Layla Facts. All right. Well, thank you, Layla. Thank you, Lay. Love you, baby. So, the uh, Bishop of the Sea it lived in the Baltic Sea. Oh, okay. Uh, presumably uh, near the southern coast. Mm -hmm. uh, the Baltic borders Sweden, Russia, Poland, Germany, Finland, Estonia, Latvia, and Lithuania. Do they all have health care? Uh, well, you know, I'm not quite sure how things are doing in, say, Estonia or Latvia. Well, Slovenia has free college. I mean, some of those places have pretty No, good. some of those places... I'm just going to say I genuinely don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, now... But uh, because it is uh, the port sea for so many of these major industrialized nations, it's also now uh, the most polluted sea in the world. Wow. Seriously? Yeah, that's, that's what I read. That's fucked up. Yes. Uh, so. So you uh, really could have a creature like this walk out of it one day. Yeah. Or, in fact, maybe back in the 1500s, uh, back when it was clean and cool, uh, in the year 1531, uh, we did uh, get a report of that happening oh. uh, from a doctor named Gisbertus Germanus. The Gizza? Uh Yeah, you might call him the Gizza. <laughs> uh, the But he's the German Gizza. We can tell from his last name, Germanus, which is Latin for German. Right. <laughs> uh, he passed the story along to a guy named Guillaume Rondelet. And uh, Rondelet was writing a book called Libri de Pescibus Marinus in the year 1554. The Book of Sea Creatures? What does that mean? Yes, the Book of Sea Creatures, okay. exactly. Well done. Thank you. Uh, and it was the first book that had tried to just be a comprehensive book of everything we know about fish. Mm. Everything we know, it was like the first fish book. If you were into fish, you had to get a copy of the Libre de Pescibus Marinus. <laughs> Must have flown off the shelves. Well, you know, back then, I, I bet it did all right. I'm I mean, serious. you still know about it today. Yeah. yeah. If, I mean, I'm sure the first guy to do a book about uh, land animals, I bet that one was crazy. I would have gone nuts for that one. A book that has every animal? Every yeah. animal? That, yeah, seriously. Every, that every awesome. land animal? Yeah. That'd be sick. Think about the one first that's dictionary. got every kind of fish. I love fish. Think about the first dictionary. It's like every word. Are you kidding me? I want that book. Yeah. There's a book written about like the first major uh, uh, attempt to build a modern dictionary. And it required on like, cause now all dictionaries are just largely based on previous dictionaries, right? right of course. You just make sure that every word is there. Dictionary is in yours too. And you've got that leg work done. Whereas coming up with an original dictionary, 
is actually quite a bit of work. And there's just one crazy guy who contributed like 60% of the dictionary. Didn't even work for the dictionary publisher. He was just sending in 60% of the words that wound up in the dictionary. He basically defined modern English. Same kind of guy who like writes too many letters to the paper, like complaining. And he does. Yeah. Just someone with that's really obsessive. Right. Uh, well, looks like we're at about the half hour mark. So that means it's time for this season's winning new segment. Oh, Jesus. Coming date, Ethan. <laughs> hail, hail. He's a single daddy. Yeah, yeah. Hail, He's a handsome guy. He's normal. an amazing song yeah it really uh i think it's my favorite one that we've got i think that's one of the best songs you've ever written i mean like i'm really jamming to it and i'm gonna say fair enough a lot of credit for that goes to redbone i don't think so i i think their version is nowhere near your version fair enough uh now let me ask you uh do you have any updates for us in terms of coming date ethan uh no (laughs) None whatsoever. All right. I don't think I've talked to a a female. You should uh, consider it. I haven't signed on to the online dating site. I've been I've been a little busy. And no, uh, uh, yeah. Hey, you you know sometimes you got to take take care of you. Right. I was taking care of me, and when I was done masturbating, I still didn't sign in. Well, that's good. Now, I'm glad to hear that you're masturbating. I always feel like that's a sign of a, a healthy sexual mind. Libido. Yeah. Yeah, and just, like, whenever you hear somebody talk, like, one of those no-fap guys. Oh. Just a terrible vibe off of those guys. It's weird, because, like, why why are you doing that? And it's the reason is never good. It's always something creepy. Yeah. It's always, like, it shows me that you have a deranged relationship to masturbation. Or that to you masculinity. Think that, yeah. That whatever benefit you think you might get is better than masturbating seems absurd. Because you're not these these benefits are all bullshit. Yeah, there's nothing to be gained from not masturbating. Like you don't play better at sports. You're not more masculine. You're not more alpha. You're just not getting to orgasm, so you're losing out. Yeah, and you're just going to be like stressed out and weird about it. Yeah. And you're already being weird about it. Just be normal. Like we were saying, the number one thing you got to prove on the dating sites is that you're normal. So I'm glad that you just proved to the audience that you are normal about jacking off. Yeah, seriously. Good news, ladies. Ethan is normal about jacking off. Totally normal about it. Don't do it too much. Don't do it too little. And I enjoy it. Yeah. It's just something nice you can do for yourself. Want to know what I search? What do you search when you go on a porn site? 
Oh, I'm I'm gonna keep that one in the pocket. That's a private one. You want to know what I search? Sure. If you want to tell, go for it. Compilation. What? <laughs> I did. I had I had to choose which one I was gonna pull before you said anything. And you just try it again. You removed the Austin Powers one. Uh, yeah, compilation. I, I search. <laughs> There's nothing wrong. That's not an incorrect answer. I search compilation. It takes all types. Wait, I find little compilations. John. Hey, little John, I search compilation. Hang on, I gotta scroll. Uh -oh. <laughs> what? I said compilation. What? I searched the word compilation on porn sites. What? That's what I search when I want to masturbate. Okay, good. He got it. Yeah, no, he figured it out that you search for compilation. Okay. Uh, yeah, and I think girls would like that because it's not too creepy because it's not too specific. You it's know, true. I'll, there you, are lots of types of compilations. Yeah, and I like to look at all of them. You know, I, well, not all of them. I mean, there's some that are creepy, but uh, yeah, I like to get a variety. That's why. All right. Well, there you go. Well, uh, back to the Bishop of the Sea. Enough flogging the bishop. Yeah. See it? I like it. <laughs> uh, now, Germanus told Rondelet uh, in 1531, the bishop fish was actually captured off the coast of Poland, uh, near near the German border. Wait, the bishop uh, of the sea was captured? Yes. Oh. It's also called the bishop fish or the sea bishop. Okay. Uh, it was taken captive... And brought to the court of King Sigismund I, also known as Sigismund the Old, <laughs> King of Poland, in the 25th year of his reign. Now, Sigismund the Old uh, was a major historical figure in Poland. Ladies, I'm Ethan the Normal. Yeah, that's a good one. Once again, proven it. He's fine. It's totally fine. He's, He's normal. Fine. Now, he was a major uh, governmental uh, reformer. And a key figure in the Polish Renaissance. Oh. Uh, he was curious about the larger world and brought in artists and architects from all over Europe to make, uh, you know, Poland a modern country. Oh. And it makes sense that uh, people would assume that he would be curious about some sort of bizarre humanoid captured off the coast. Because he was just sort of known to be a curious guy. Well, who wouldn't be? Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, yeah. If I was a king, I'd want to know about any sort of uh, sentient sea beasts. Uh -huh. Uh Sigismund was also a devout Catholic, in part due to his Italian wife. Oh. Uh, so, uh, Crew brings the Bishop of the Sea to Sigismund's court. Uh, it's still alive. Uh, they're keeping it in a tub of salt water, I yeah, assume. Yeah, not it. That's not nice. All right, fair enough. They're keeping him in a tub of salt water. So, King Sigismund, he meets the Sea Bishop, and he thinks that it's great. He loves it. Uh, he knows that this is n something that none of the other kings of Europe have one of these. Everyone's <laughs> going to be so jealous. It's really going to put Poland on the map. The sea bishop didn't uh, speak Polish, <laughs> uh, but it did uh, sort of, they could tell that it was pleading, uh, pleading to be set free. <laughs> of course. And it was also kind of pathetic and sad. Oh. Uh, you know, it was just being kept in a tub. You know, that's no kind of life. <laughs> Um, it's like a hermit crab. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Like if you just one of those beta fish. Yeah. You 
Uh, so there was a council of bishops at Sigismund's court. And they all felt kind of bad for the bishop of the city. Because it was clearly pathetic. Because it was a fellow bishop. Well, they weren't they weren't sure about its religion at that point. Uh. They thought this was just some sort of sentient sea man. Mm-hmm. But so the bishops went and they pleaded uh, the case of the sea bishop to King Sigismund. And Sigismund, being a devout Catholic, you know, listens to his bishops and agrees to free uh, the, the bishop of the sea and return him to the Baltic. Mm. Uh, now, keep in mind, all this has been happening in the 1500s. This is uh, f- uh, 40 years at least after uh, Columbus sailed across uh, the Atlantic Ocean and discovered the New World. Uh, so somewhere guy. in that era. Guy. Yeah, classic. Hero. Yeah, my hero. That's why every every bank holiday, I just say it's Columbus Day. Yeah. I don't care which one it is. Move over, veterans. I think we should have two Columbus Days and no Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Yeah, I think if we want to honor our proud Italian-American citizens, I think the only thing that we can do is uh, make more Columbus Days. (laughs) Why don't we have Columbus Month? That would be... (laughs) Yes, we could call it Columarch. (laughs) But just so you can put this in the larger historical framework to know that we're not talking about like a King Arthur type King. We're talking about the type of King who ought to be able to send an expedition across an ocean. Mm. Uh, But instead he's seeing sea monsters and being delightful. (laughs) Uh, So the bishops uh, bring him back to the ocean and, and they, they escorted him out there. They went with him. And as he was returned, uh, he bowed his head in thanks and then gave the sign of the cross oh. before diving into the sea. Uh, the council of bishops decided that uh, now that they knew that this fish had learned about Christianity, it could then go teach the other fish Christianity. Oh, my God. So they declared it the bishop of the sea. Oh, my God. He's a He's a missionary. Yes. He's out there. Changing hearts, changing lives. With things that saving don't have the brains. Of it. Well, you know, if there are other things like him, another civilization, you know, that that can learn and understand things. Hello, jellyfish. Have you heard the words of Jesus? <laughs> it just swims away. Yeah. Uh, listen here, sea turtle. <laughs> uh, now, this was not the first appearance of the Bishop of the Sea. Ah. There have been uh, older tales of it in the area uh, along the the Polish-Baltic coast that give it sort of its uh, typical sort of sea monstery stuff. It would grab ships and drag them under the water. That's not This might be why somebody had captured it, because it had this bad reputation before. Uh, It also was said to kidnap fishermen's daughters and drain them of their life force. Also not Christian. No. But after it had met with the bishops and been set free, their stories died down. So maybe his conversion was true, and it was saved by the one and only one that can save any of us, 
the true son of man. Yep. Jesus Christ. JC. Right. Yeah. The big guy. Right. Or he also, he, he had some weather powers too. Right. The other, the other thing is that they might've just found out he was Christian or Catholic, whatever, which one was he? He was Catholic. He right. was definitely Catholic. They found out he was Catholic and they just covered up everything from now, from then on, because that's what they do. It's true. So that comes to the end of my Bishop of the Sea research. I love yeah. it. Do we have more chess facts? We have Layla presents Bishops and Queens. Number four, chess is fun, but how about some chess and math together? Yes, even better. If you put one penny on the first square of a chessboard, uh-huh. two on the second, uh-huh. four on the third, uh-huh. eight on the fourth, and so on, mm-hmm. how many pennies do you need to put on the 64th square? Uh, I'm going to say somewhere in the billions? 9.22 times 10 to the 18th power. Okay, so that's that's way, that's past... Uh, way past trillions. The, yeah, that's the octillions yeah. somewhere. So if anyone ever offers you that, I remember in fifth grade, they're like, would you rather have a million dollars or pennies compounded by 64? You always pick the pennies. Yeah, take take the compound Says interest. Says the Jew. <laughs> the eighth wonder of the world is what they call compound interest. Uh, yeah, that's that's a good point. Everyone remember that. Number five, hot off the presses. Chester's added a new move. What? Chess just added a new move, little John. What? A new move. They added a new move. Okay. The new pawn move where pawns... What? (laughs) The new pawn move where pawns are allowed to advance two squares on the first move instead of one was introduced as the newest move in Spain in the year of our Lord, 1280. Okay, that's the new one. Yeah, that's the new move. The relatively new one. Oh, it's relatively. I didn't say relative. No, you didn't say, but I, we've got it. We got there. Number six. If you thought chess was nerdy f- before, listen to this one. Uh, Kirk and Spock have played yeah. chess three times on the show Star Trek. Kirk, okay, what's their record? Kirk won all three times. That's why he's a great captain. He would never win William Shatner. No, but it, what about Captain Kirk? Oh, yeah, he, I guess. I, well, I've never seen the show. Is he smart? He's, uh, you know, he's wily. He's, he's got street smarts. Want to hear my George Takei impression? <laughs> Please. He would never win at chess. <laughs> Not bad. Thank Not you. bad. Thank you. He's well, an idiot. I hate him. <laughs> It's true. He he definitely rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Yeah. He's an asshole, I hear. But speaking of getting rubbed the wrong way, what could rub you the right way? Perhaps feelings of love? Oh, you definitely love. werewolf ain't my dad but it's not so bad it might sound crazy but can it love can it give me a kiss can it hold my hand would it say i love you doesn't understand does it know that i've never felt this way before 
there's a full moon tonight. It's so romantic. And this might sound crazy, but can it love? Can it love? What do you think, Big E? This is a tough one. Well, I don't know I what think he is. Is he a fish or a man? I believe he is a sentient uh, fish. I believe he is a fish that has gained uh, man-like consciousness. All right. Well, if, if his consciousness is, if he's sentient, he seemed to care about the the uh, about Ducky Rippin, Rippinworth in the story when he you know he seemed to care about Birdie Cameron. Birdie Cameron. Yeah, uh, that's what I said. And he he came to his aid. You know, he saw that he was in trouble, and he you know he was like, "What's wrong?" You know, he seemed to show some empathy. If the yeah. story is to be believed, you know, I mean, the story is canon, um, and he also. He was sad when they kept him captive in Poland, you know, you know, when the rest mm-hmm. of the world was sending people to different parts of the world and discovering new countries and Poland was playing with sea monsters. None of them have a fish man. <laughs> <laughs> we have made great discovery of fish man. Um, what are you doing? Uh, we discovered America. We have fish man. So, yeah, have fun in America. Yeah, stupid. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet if I keep going that where there's a place, sure. <laughs> uh, so I think that the fact that he was sad when they took him means that there was something that he wanted to be. You know, he loves something. He loves his freedom. Yeah. Maybe he loves someone else. I, I, I think he's too intelligent not to be able to love. And, you know, I think that's true. And I think... Uh, ultimately, you know, we can talk about the, all the downfalls and problems with Catholicism, which are plentiful. Oh, you're right. He's Catholic. He can't love. I'm sorry. You're a good point. But as someone that was raised Catholic, I'm going to say that love is at the core of the belief system, you know even if that's not how it is being practiced or exhibited by its church or even by its church's teachings at any given moment, I do think that Catholicism in its purest form is about love. And as a Jewish person, that's me, I can say that uh, also Judaism, is it's at the core of Judaism, although it's also not practiced or, or taught, uh, just like all religions. Uh, so really... Um, I can see where you're coming from, Shibble. Uh, it, it's the core of it is love. The core of these religions is supposed to be love, just because they're not practiced that way. Maybe this this bishop has the true meaning of it in his heart, and he does love. Yes, yeah, and I, I'm I'm gonna hope that he does. Maybe it's the optimist in me. But let's say you wanted to tempt the bishop of the sea away from his righteous path. What would you do on your first date with the bishop of the sea? Um, let's see. He's a sea monster slash no. ten official, feet tall. Looks like an egg. Looks like an egg is also official of the Catholic Church. So yeah, it's hard to think of what he might enjoy. Um, yeah, it seems like you two don't have a lot in common. No, not much at all. Maybe we would go to Poland. Okay, because he's been to Poland before, so it's somewhere where he's familiar, and he would be free this time. 
So maybe yeah. he could show me around. You know, maybe he could be the one who's comfortable. I'd want him to be comfortable. This is where I was in prison. Yeah, yeah. You know, people like to show that kind of stuff off. You know, like, oh, however he talks. And he could he could show me the castle. And really, we could just spend time together. We could spend time on the beach. Maybe he could take me swimming. Let him take the lead. I think that would really improve the quality of the date and make him feel more um, stable and comfortable with me. Fair enough. I would take the Bishop of the Sea to, uh, like, a carnival. Oh, that's always a great location for a date. Yeah, like, uh, I remember, mostly because the one thing that I liked at my church, I was never into the church that I went to when I was a kid. I never felt like it was right for me. Uh, but they did have a carnival every year. And you could see the the priests working the booths. Really? You could dunk a priest. Yeah. Or and or like they would be selling funnel cakes. Oh, that's and nice. it was cool just to see them like on like a normal level, just out there in their community being dudes. And I think I think the bishop of the sea is a fish of the people. I think he'd <laughs> like to be out there amongst his fellow Catholics, but has still having a good time. Uh, so yeah, we'd go to the church carnival, and then after that, we'd find out can it fuck. That sounds <laughs> what do you think, Ethan? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, listen, he's got that. He's he's uh, repressed. He's holding it in. It's building up, yep. and he wants to let loose with a torrent of semen. That's that's what I see in this guy. Fair enough. I am. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna once again keep the faith. And say that the Bishop of the Sea can fuck, but chooses not to. Knockwood, hang tough there, Bishop <laughs> of the Sea. Hopefully you're one of the good ones. You know, um, I went to uh, the church fair every year. That that was always really cool. And I remember in sixth grade, Jen Makarski and I decided to be boyfriend and girlfriend at the end of sixth grade. Um, never saw each other again after that day until the church fair three months later. And I remember I wanted to say something to her because she looked really pretty. And mm -hmm. I was trying to think of what an adult would say. And I go, hi, Jen. Why don't we give it another try? Nailed it. <laughs> and I and she was like, uh, OK. And then she walked away and I, I haven't seen her since. But I just oh, remember it, like I was like, that was a good line. And it was not. That was that was an awkward. I moment. think it was very sweet. Thank you. Thank you. Well. It's fight night. Ding, ding, ding. Fight. We have in this corner, the flat woods monster is not. I don't know why that nope. still says that. I didn't. I didn't do a good job deleting that. In this corner, we have the Bishop of the Sea. Hey. And in the other corner, we have seven foot one, three hundred and forty pound prime Shaquille O'Neal. Okay. Well, Bishop does. Uh, he's pretty strong, as we've seen, and he's ten feet tall. He's ten feet tall. He's pretty big. Egg shaped. Yeah, he's uh, yeah. So difficult to wrap your arms around with that broad torso. Mm -hmm. So that might impact Shaq's ground game. Powerful legs too. Very powerful legs. Swimmer's stamina. Oh yeah. And uh, has uh, strong enough to 
pull a boat underwater. So is Shaq, uh, though. Hmm. Shaq could pull a boat underwater for seriously. Like I, I think he could. I okay. Let's say yeah. Okay. Uh, let I think the Bishop of the Sea could pull a bigger boat underwater. Yeah, that that could be true. Yeah. Um. So I'm gonna say uh, one shack, maybe two shacks, definitely one shack. I think it's a good battle, but I think one shack takes him out. It's he does have those stubby little arms. It's not gonna get it done against Shaq. Those little um the uh what kind of fingers are the the tentacle tentacle fingers are not gonna Shaq's gonna rip those off. All right, but uh you know if he lands one or two good kicks. I mean, those legs did look powerful. Shaq will check those kicks. He'll turn his legs to the outside and, and probably break his legs. Okay. Well, there you have it. Uh, fight number two, I guess. We have the Bishop of the Sea versus Zombie Jesus, risen from the dead a second or third time, and this time he ain't feeling peaceful. Okay. So the rapture. Yeah. Or not the rapture, the apocalypse. Right. Isn't that the rapture's part of the apocalypse, isn't it? I, I get them like, mixed up. The rapture is specifically when people are getting taken to off heaven. of Earth and, yeah, teleported into heaven. Right. Uh, so it's not that. But it is Jesus coming back yet again. But this time, he's pissed. He's so angry. What? Uh, <laughs> so I'm going to say, uh, yeah, I, I mean... I, the bishop's got to defer to JC. This one's got to go to the the father's son. Okay. It goes to the big man, Jesus Christ. Uh, number three, we've got the bishop of the sea versus a maid mer, which is a mermaid, but the top half is fish and the bottom half has legs. Okay. I mean, if they're human legs, they're not going to compete with the, the bishop of the sea's legs. So uh, I'm going to have to put this one on the bishop of the sea. Number four. Bishop of the Sea versus a Megalodon. Okay, Megalodon, uh, that is that herbivorous? No. It's a oh. huge shark. Oh, I was thinking of um, like a Tyrannodon or some shit. Oh, okay. I, I was thinking of a dinosaur. Yeah. Oh, oh I, no, I'm with you. I know exactly what, yes, okay. Uh, okay, giant shark. That, that giant shark is pretty big, like the Meg. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to put that one on the Megalodon. Those things are perfect killing machines. But he can talk to sea creatures. Uh, that doesn't mean a sea creature is going to listen. Oh, he'll be like, listen, you need to give some of your money to charity, and the Megalodon will bite his face off. Yeah. Okay, that's a good point. Okay, we I have... won't die until there's a lady bishop of the sea. <laughs> <laughs> we have the bishop of the sea versus the logic of, of one Jordan Peterson. Mm, famous... Canadian philosopher Jordan Peterson. And former licensed psychologist who just had his license revoked, I believe. Uh, possibly, and also uh, got addicted to pain pills. Yes, uh, I love pain pills. And uh, got scurvy after only eating red meat. For I got scurvy and I medical. like pain pills. Correctly, I'm going to put this one on the Bishop of the Sea. We have the Bishop of the Sea. Versus James Earl Jones in the Darth Vader suit. Okay. Famously did not wear the Vader suit previously. Uh, now is, let me ask you this. He has the powers of the force. 
Okay, he has the powers of the Force, and this is not a Vader costume from the movie. This is the suit that Darth Vader wore in the actual Star Wars. Yes, this is not a this is not a, a Halloween costume. He's wearing. No, this is not a Hollywood simulacrum no. built for camera. That's ridiculous. This is okay. Okay, does he have the lightsaber? Of course, that's part of the. It's on his uh, hip. It, it's his standard kit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'll put that on James Earl Jones. That lightsaber. It's bad news. It is real. It's going to tear right through the bishop. Yeah, just carve chunks out of them. We have the Bishop of the Sea, and he has to retrieve the baseball from the neighbor's yard in the sandlot. Okay, so he's got to avoid uh, Hercules the dog. <laughs> you remember. A.K.A. the Beast. Wow. Uh, is the Bishop of the Sea wearing his PF Flyer shoes, guaranteed to make you run faster and jump higher? can wear whatever he wants. He can All even right. wear a, a hat with a bill too long. Okay, well, I'm going to put this one on... Uh, yeah, the, because he's got the PF flyers, that'll make up for his lack of toes, <laughs> which would make running difficult. Uh, and obviously, with that height, he's going to have a very long gait, oh, a yeah. great stride. And Hercules ended up being kind of a softy in the long run. So I'm going to put this one on the Bishop of the Sea. Last but not least, we have the Bishop of the Sea versus both dead Dumbledores. Okay, so you got Richard Harris... And you got the one that died yesterday, two days ago. Oh, 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 I didn't realize it was that. It was just two days ago. I thought it was like, a, oh, okay. Well, they're both yeah. dead. Both Dumbledores are now they're dead. Both, and when this comes out, they'll have been dead for, he'll have been dead. Michael Billy. Gambon will have been dead yeah. for at least a month. We call this well, the day the magic died. There are no more Dumbledores alive. Yep. R.I.P. to two real ones. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, I'm gonna since they are dead, I am gonna have to put this in the corner of the Bishop of the Sea. I almost made a joke where I I was gonna say like you know Dumbledore's been looking a little bit haggard, haggard. Yeah. Tried to make it a haggard joke, but I I stopped myself. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, that would have been a little sweaty. I don't know if you yeah, I couldn't. I didn't see a way out of it or into it. I but uh, yeah, but there was the premise the, was the, there. Yeah, no, no. I think that's what you ultimately realize is that there was no there there. Yeah, there wasn't. <laughs> but there was there was a mirage, is what it you was. had a thought. Yeah, and, it yeah. was a mirage of a joke. But I thought I'd share it with you. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> that was fight night, everyone. Wow, I'm scared, Chip. What a night. That's understandable. Maybe one thing that can soothe your shattered nerves is a couple of Layla presents bishops. And Queen's Facts. Number seven. The Queen's power in chess is a tribute to Queen Isabella. Oh, of Spain. Initially, the Queen could only move one square at a time and only diagonally. A little later on, she could only move two squares at a time and only diagonally. It wasn't until Reconquista Spain, with its powerful Queen Isabella, that the Queen was altered to become the strongest piece on the board. Wait. When, when was Queen Isabella? I think around Columbus time, no. Okay, so that was 200 years after what you said was the most recent change in rules to chess. I didn't say that was, the most re that was the most recent change in the way you could move the pawns. Okay, just the pawns. Not yeah, that was a pawn rule. Okay. Okay, I'll allow it. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It was close, but I snuck by. Number worry, eight. We're about to find ourselves in another Chinese cave dweller situation. 
Number Did you eight. know one out of two Chinese people <laughs> live in a cave? Listen, I can't help where these with the where the facts lead me. I yeah, just you can't be bothered to fact check. No, anything. I listen. I find the facts. I don't fact check them. I mean, if you want to fact check them, fact check them. Number eight. You might like chess, but did you like it this much? The longest. Yes. Che- yeah. Do you? The longest chess game theoretically mm-hmm. possible is five thousand nine hundred and forty-nine moves. Wow, that's a lot of moves. That is a lot. I wonder how long that would take. Well, how long does it take to make a move? Well, I guess it depends on how long you take to make a move. Yeah, if I'm, I I like to take a good twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, um, imagine playing I am with that guy. The worst person. Yeah, no, I'm very impulsive with chess. I don't I don't like chess. I haven't played it in like 20 years. I played it with my grandpa, and when he died, I didn't like to play it anymore. I didn't want to learn because I liked it was like something I did with him, and I associated with him, and it was like I didn't like it anymore. Fair enough. It made me sad. Well, on to sad chess fact number nine. <laughs> number nine. People have been reading about chess for a very, very long time. This actually ties into something you mentioned earlier. Okay. Everyone, the second book ever printed in the English language was an instructional guide about chess. All right. Yeah, I bet there'd be a demand for that. Can you believe the second book ever printed in English? I'm guessing the first was the Bible, but I'm just guessing. That would have to be my assumption. And I don't think because, you know, books didn't really exist, you didn't have novels, so you're not going to be able to publish fiction. No one's even, like, thought of that. Right, right. It was my assumption. You could, Um, oh my God, anyone could have just written the first book. You could have just been like, yeah, hey, it's me, Chris. <laughs> Listen, this is a book. That's a new word for what I've invented for the thing you're holding in your hand. <laughs> it's got it's, words? <laughs> yeah, words that you're reading. Listen. Or don't listen, rather. Read. <laughs> and they'd be like, none of us can read at this time period. When the As you read these words, imagine it's my voice saying them to you <laughs> in your brain. Wait, is that how you read? You imagine yourself talking? I imagine the author talking. Oh, I thought you. <laughs> Hello. But I'm the author. There was there were the best of times and the worst of times. Is that how? Yes. You... <laughs> That's also what I sound like. <laughs> I can tell you're quaking in your boots. I, you know, Sybil, I I haven't been this scared from an episode in like two or three episodes. I mean, I'm look at my skin. I'm I'm very pale. It's I mean, it's beautiful. Well, th- thank you, you know, but I am, I mean, I'm milky white. I mean, I, I am. It's true. You're, you're like an elegant swan. I'm like a porcelain doll. I really am. I'm like the baby, va- the vampire who's 13 in Interview with the Vampire, Claudia. I'm yes. porcelain. Uh, and the reason is I'm very frightened. And the only way that I can recover is if you tell me, look me in the eyes and tell me this Bishop of the Sea, is it real? Is real? Check it, Bavakasha. Hey! <laughs> well, uh, there are a couple of other theories as to what it could have been. Oh. It could have been a squid. <laughs> How do you mistake a squid for a talking bishop? He didn't talk. He just sort of, you know, pled for his life was all the book said. He also could have been a deformed skate or manta ray. Um, even uh, Rondelet, the author of the first book about fish, 
uh, when he wrote about the Bishop of the Sea, he wrote that he wasn't a hundred percent sure that it was real, but he just wanted to be a completionist. Uh, so he was including it in this book in case it was because you didn't know at that time whether or not it was a good idea to put things that were fake in your book. <laughs> so he was like, Oh, well, I mean, maybe it's not, who knows? This is the first book about fish. So it is whatever I want it to be. You don't want to so, like, leave it out. And it's the first book and you get embarrassed. You have to include. Yeah. It. You don't want to have to go back and write another book. Yeah. when It gets confirmed that the Bishop of the sea is real. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to write the first book? Imagine then having to write a second book. My God, that is, I mean, that's a task I don't want to undertake, writing the second and third books after the Bible. I mean, imagine. Yeah, so I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to put this one as a hard maybe. A hard maybe. I, You know what? I, I'm, I, I'm with you. I, I think it could go either way. And I like to believe that there's a little priest out there uh, swimming around and spreading the gospel to uh, jellyfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe that's where the purest vision of the Catholic Church lives on. <laughs> free from scandal, free from the influence of Rome, uh, just a, an honest attempt at spreading the word of God and God's light. We should call Speaking this- of lights, oh. <laughs> is that the red light from Uncle Monster? Uncle Monster, is that you? It's me! I'm here! What's up? What's happening? What's going on? What's going down? We just had an excellent episode. We had a lot of fun with the Bishop of the Sea. What's going on with you? Well, let me tell you. Uh, I've just been hanging out, and I've been I'm watching a movie. Oh, what movie? Uh, you guys, have you have you seen this one? I don't know which... Have you seen... <laughs> Listen... I haven't said it yet. I know. I'm I'm jumping the gun. I'm sorry. Have you seen the feature-length film (laughs) Scanners? Oh, yeah, I have. I just watched Scanners, and it was was pretty cool. I like it, It too. It had a cool vibe. What was your favorite part? I, I just, I liked the setting of, like, an underground war between psychic assassins that takes place in Canada in 1980. <laughs> it's very specific, yeah. Yeah! Is that Uncle Monster 2? Hey, Sybil, how are you? Oh, man, I'm doing good. How are you doing, Twofer? I'm doing really good. I really enjoyed the episode. I like your priest fish. Oh, I'm glad to hear it. Do you have any movie recommendations for me? If you think Hendrix needs more than his current dose of 80 milligrams of Prozac daily, then you should check out Hellraiser Hellbound. It's like the three bears. Not as good as Hellraiser 1. Not as bad as Hellraiser 3. It's just right. But don't take my word for it, Lavar. Thanks, Uncle Monster 2. I guess... Uh, I'm going by Lavar now. <laughs> he thinks That's he's on reading cool. Rainbow sometimes. It's uh, oh, okay, that yeah. makes sense. He said, Listen, "Don't take my word for it." I think it was a joke he made. Yeah, no, I won't take his word for it, Lavar. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in again this week, everybody. Thank you for tuning in every week. Thank you for finding us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Uncle Monster Six. You can find us on Blue Sky at unclemonster.bsky.social. You can find us on Twitter at Uncle Monster Podcast. And you can find us on Patreon, where we got a bunch of great bonus episodes. 
at Uncle Monster 6. I think you should say that again because it seems like they are having a hard time finding the Patreon. Well, it is Uncle Monster 6 at the Patreon. Go check it out. We've just finished up our series on the films of Jim Wynorski. <laughs> We're just about to be starting our series on reviews of the franchise Paranormal Activity. Ooh, very spooky. And and uh, thank you, Shibble. Thank you, audience. Uh, we couldn't do it without you. We love you guys, and we can't wait to see you next week. But in the meantime, just remember... Don't, Don't get, get spooked. spooked.